The following podcast is sponsored by you. If you'd like to donate to help us continue providing the best VCU men's basketball podcast out there, please use the link in the show notes for this episode. Proceeds from your donations will be used to pay for hosting fees, which are the most expensive ongoing part of providing this show. Thank you in advance, and go Rams! Welcome to Rams Rewind, a podcast that looks back at all of the action from VCU men's basketball. After each game, our host George Templeton talks live on Facebook with Ram fans and gives his take on the team's performance. And now, here's George. Everybody exhale. And welcome to Rams Rewind. If you like what you hear and you want to be part of helping us out, there's a link in the description on Podbean and other places. That we uh that we podcast on, send us a little dinero. We really appreciate it because we like doing this podcast. We especially like doing this podcast after a game like today. Where in the world did that come from? Especially when he had another bad start, 10-0 down, looked like the same team that we saw on Wednesday against Duquesne, you know. Didn't wasn't was there a scouting report out because you leave Menenga open for a three? He's busting their tail inside early. VCU missed their first four shots, and they're all most of them are quick shots and not very good shots. And you know, you're sitting there when Rhodes finally takes a timeout, 10-0, going, man, this season is looking like it's going one way and it ain't good. And then what a turnaround. What a turnaround in this game. And it started, it, it started with David Shriver, of all things. <laughs> you know, we had a, he had another game like this a few games back, and then he kind of went back to in a slump. But he's not had a game like this ever. You know, five of, five of six from three in the first half. And then, and then he rounds it off with another one right at the end. And they started playing the way they were supposed to play, defensively and offensively. Because here's the other thing. Let's go back to the first half. So Davidson makes four out of five shots to get to four out of seven in the game. VCU's over four. Davidson seven of 18 for the rest of the half. VCU's 15 for 23, which is something they did, the, uh, I think, against LaSalle the other day. They did something similar uh, the other week. And then they just kept rolling offensively. I mean, my goodness. they It, it was it – was, I couldn't believe what I was watching – from them offensively, but why was it happening? They were they were finally looking like the team that we want them to look like on offense. There wasn't a lot of standing around. There wasn't a lot of dribble, 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 dribble. The ball was moving. The players were moving without the basketball. And because they had that three-point barrage in the first half, that really forced Davidson to, to come out they couldn't just pack the middle. They couldn't play zone, although they tried it and that didn't work. And what did you have? You had all kinds of space. You know, for Deloach, one of his few baskets, he had plenty of space to operate. Uh, you know, Jackson, uh, Nick Kern got two or three times got layups uh, down there, down there on the baseline, cutting on the back door. It was beautiful, and they and it, there was so much space inside for them. So even though. 
They shot the ball great from three in the second half. They didn't go crazy with it. They still went inside and got good shots inside. And and you just you look at these numbers offensively and you just you're staggered. 58% from the field. 32 of 55. And again, 32 of 51 after starting 0 for 4. So basically 60% for the entire game. 15 of 24 from three. Now look, VCU ain't going to do that every day. We know that. But what were they doing? The Those threes weren't just guys jacking shots up, first shot they see. They came within the context of the offense. Every David Shriver three in the first half, all five of them were assisted. Jackson and and and, uh, and none, both of them, got assist, uh, assisted every one of those. And that's that's what happens when this team is running the offense, when this team is being patient, when this team is passing and moving. This is what they're capable of. It's like what Doug Hines said. This is great what they did today. And we're all thrilled. They're 2-1 and one in the conference. And they've taken a team that's kind of been a thorn in their side. And except for the final five minutes of the game, they absolutely volleyball spiked them. And the first four minutes of the game. So... You know, for 31 minutes, they ran the Boston on these guys, and that's great. But that's what makes efforts like Wednesday so hard to take because that 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 really is – they are capable of this. They are capable of playing this way. Maybe not this way, but they are capable of playing very good offense when they take care of the basketball and when they do the right things on offense. And look, with a, 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 until that end of the game where they got sloppy – they had two turnovers at the under eight. You know, when they were really manhandling Davidson, they had two turnovers in the second half at the under eight, and I think eight for the game. So they made six turnovers right at the end of the game to end up with 14. But they absolutely killed Davidson on that. So Davidson ends up with 20 turnovers, and VCU outscores them 26 to 10. So it's all right that VCU got hurt on the boards today. And they were getting hurt on the boards, uh, especially in the first half. That was the only thing that kept – that was one of the only things other than Menenga being such a problem that kept uh, that kept Davidson within an even hailing distance. And then VCU just, just, just buried them under a barrage of threes again. It was absolutely magnificent. But that's the thing. That, yes, they're not going to shoot 15 to 24 from three every game. I know it and I get it. But what they can do is give themselves good shots, give themselves good opportunities, make the other team work on defense, get the other team in foul trouble. They didn't do it as much tonight in part because of how Davidson decided to play, which again, if I was a Davidson fan, I'd be, oh, oh, I think my head would wobble off my body if I was a Davidson fan. But they can do these. They can do that against teams that's going to play it differently. Because look, everybody's going to watch this video that we play coming up, and they're going to be like, "Well, we're not going to do what Davidson did. We're we're going to switch these ball screens and live with the consequences." Because that that's of all the things about this game that were mind blowing. What was really mind blowing is okay, we're going to double the. We're going to we're going to when they do the screen, we're going to double the ball handler handler and leave the screener open. I mean, look, maybe that would have worked a lot of other games because we weren't shooting it well, but good Lord, you'd think after the first half, they'd say, well, that's enough of that. We're not going to do it. And they kept doing it. And VCU couldn't miss. So 
Dave, I mean, that's the, this is why I would be going out off my head if I was a Davidson fan. Davidson shot 64% in the second half. 64%. They were 0 for 4 from 3, though, which is key. And Lawyer, they did a job on him today. But they shot 64% and and got and basically got whooped in the second half until the very end. VCU still won the second half by five points. I, I mean, that's nuts. You know, you, you're looking at Davidson and you're like, tell, t- I mean, except for the threes, they shoot 54% from the field, 54.7. They're 12 of 15 from the foul line. That's 80%. There's nothing wrong with either of those numbers. Problem is, for a team that used to be a great three-point shooting team, they're two for 11 from three. And that's the thing. Credit to VCU defensively. Yes, the numbers aren't going to look good. But when you're hitting threes like they are, you can give up the twos that they gave up to Menenga and Watson and Huffman. Just don't fall in the trap. And for the most part, they didn't today. I mean, remember, Menenga, one of the two threes is Menenga in the first couple minutes. They, they only made one three about the last 36, 37 minutes of the game. And what a job none and Baldwin, but mainly none, did on Foster Lawyer today. Here's Foster Lawyer's line. Three for six from the field, seven points. Five rebounds, three assists, nine. Count them, nine turnovers. Can you believe that? Holy cow. And, 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 and again, you appreciate Ace leading from the front like he did in the first half. You know, you appreciate it because it definitely got VCU going. Ace did and Shriver. Those two guys got him back in this game, and then got him ahead. Ace, 11 points at halftime. But this is Ace's second half, and my God, I love a second half like this. Ace, eight points. He makes two threes. He's three of five from the field. Ace Baldwin, seven assists, one turnover in the second half. And that's why VCU in the second half shot 60%, 17 of 28 from the field, and VCU has 12 assists on 17 made baskets second half. And there ain't no coming back. You can't. When you got the lead they have at halftime and you're shooting like that, you're not going to lose unless the other team makes about 15 threes and they made zero. But Ace was just, oh, the way he was moving them around. And a lot of it was the threes, but you saw a couple plays. Like the one he played I loved, where he drives into that lane and three guys go to Ace. And there's... I think it was I think it was Kern. Yeah, it was Kern. Slipping out, slipping around that baseline. Boop, right over to him. Dunk. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. And there were so many like that. Zeb Jackson, big call out to Zeb Jackson. When he was on the floor, the offense ran great. Zeb Jackson ends up with five assists and one turnover in only 17 minutes. Absolutely beautiful from him. Jaden Nunn, I've been wait- we all been waiting for a game like this for Jaden Nunn. And he waited and waited and waited, and he didn't. You know, he didn't go crazy shooting the ball in games, even though he's this big score and all that. Only three points at halftime, but he had three assists. And he comes into the second half. He takes three shots. They're all threes, and they all go in. And he ends up with 12 points. <laughs> Beautiful! And great defense from him all night. Again, you'd not, not many people are going to do that to Foster Lawyer. I mean, he'll even if he has to take a lot of shots to get his points, he usually gets his points. He didn't get his points this time. 
And that was tremendous. And of course, we talked about all the space inside. Well, there's Brandon Johns after a nothing first half, essentially, you know, four points and no rebounds. You know, Johns in the second half gets 10 points and four rebounds. So excellent from Johns there. Four out of five with the foul line. And, it, and look, they didn't, get, they didn't get a ton of foul. They're going to continue to fly out, foul, fall, unfortunately, in the foul shooting uh, statistics because they didn't get a ton of foul shots tonight, but 10 out of 11 from the foul line. Ain't got no problem with that either. 20 assists, 32 made baskets. Beautiful. And 14 turnovers, but really, I mean, they, 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 they had a bunch of those right at the end. So, golly, Moses, this is what we needed. This is what we needed more than anything. Goodness gracious. We needed a game like this. And to have it against a rival just makes it that much better. Because look, you know, we've been all been frustrated, and I think rightfully so. You know, these some of these performances, even in wins, have been questionable. The bad start thing happened again. You know, the rebounding issues in an, in a, on another day. Being, being minus eight in rebounds would be a problem, and being minus five in offensive rebounds would be a problem. But not today. And look, you know, I, I haven't watched Davidson that much this year. I'm sure there's plenty of, there's not a lot of games where they expect to have 54 paint points. But they got, I mean, they got nothing from the outside, essentially. Zip, two threes, that's it. And that's not how they want to play. They don't want to be... They don't want to be making a bunch of twos and not making any threes because that's just it's not how they've been for several years now. So and and look, VCU's normally very dominant in the paint. And today they get outscored in the paint by 24, but it doesn't matter when you're shooting threes like they are. And again, when you're running good offense like they were, and see, that's the biggest thing I want to see coming out of this is like, okay, we're not going to make 15 to 24 threes. But what we can do is continue to move without the basketball like this. What we can do is make the extra pass because that's where a lot of a lot of this today was just one more pass and it and somebody got a better shot. And that's always been the case with VCU. Usually one more pass and you're going to get a better shot. Not always, but usually. I mean, and I and I'll tell you the other thing that was that was in my mind today was what Ed Nixon always said about has said about if you, if you don't take a shot your team expects you to take, it's like a turnover. There wasn't any of that today. You know, Shriver's shooting has always been a problem for us all year, but I didn't look at – I didn't. there wasn't one time today where I said, well, shit, he should have taken that shot. Excuse my language. Uh, there wasn't one time today where, he, did, where he, he passed up a shot he should take. Those threes were the right shots in the context, except for the air ball. Except for the air ball, they were the right shots. Pretty much, and that was that was a heat check because he made the last two. And the thing is, if he'd have been about a foot or two closer, that probably would have gone in because it was online. It was just an air ball. So, really, just an all around fantastic game, except for the very beginning and the very end. Very beginning's one thing; the very end's another. When it's you know when you're up twenty five points with eight minutes left, like they were. So, you know, I'm I'm just I'm absolutely delighted. Uh, I'm absolutely delighted with this performance because, golly, you know, that that Duquesne loss was hard to take. Uh, you know, we and I talked about it. I mean, everything, you know, from the Trey Clark dunk and all the other stuff to just the way 
Uh, they just knocked us. They just knocked us all over the place. That was very hard to take, and that is tremendous to see them get right. But now, it's like, okay, you've done this. We are all happy. We are all proud of this effort. That's great. You got one win away from home this year, and it's on a neutral floor. So it's time to stop messing around because, again, this travels. Defense travels, but playing the right way on offense travels too. Your next two games are in the Midwest. Loyola Chicago Tuesday, Dayton next Friday. It's time to get serious on the road. And that's the thing. Hopefully this is the kind of game that kind of binds everybody together because you a team that's really together and really close loves to play on the road because it's just them. It's just everybody in that locker room against the other guys and all those fans cheering against you. And a team that's that's really right, that ought to give them a charge. That ought to be like, let's go shut these people up. Let's go kick some butt and 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 quiet these people down and stick it to them. This is the time. This is the time for that attitude. You gotta go to you gotta go to this game in Chicago against Loyola Chicago, and you gotta mean business. And you gotta play the right way from the start. You gotta take what you did in this game for pretty much all of it except the first four minutes and on some of the last three minutes, you got to take what you did in the middle hunk of this game and take that act on the road because you can beat anybody in this league doing that, including Dayton, who's the best team in this league right now by every metric imaginable. You can beat St. Louis. You can beat these teams, and you can start to impose yourself in the race at the top of this conference. Two and one is probably what everybody would have been happy with at the start of this I think we all would have thought that maybe the two and one before the season would be LaSalle, Duquesne win, lose this game. Because as they were pointing out, the road team, it, weirdly, the road team has won the last three before today in this series. But okay, we're, we've arrived at where we probably all hoped or thought we would be. Now it's time to start getting serious and getting after it. Because again, three of your next four are on the road, the next two are in the Midwest. It's time to be big boys, put on the big boy pants, go on the road, kick some butt. Okay? No more of this. No more of the, And that's the other thing. You, could, you wouldn't have got away with the 10 nothing. It had been hard to get away with a 10 nothing start down at Davidson. As the, point, as the announcers rightly pointed out, last year VCU didn't start like that down at Davidson and then had to hold on when Davidson comes storming back. Go to Loyola Chicago, who's not been playing well, and don't give them that start and allow their crowd to get into it and let them think that they're gonna that they're gonna get right against you. No. Go on the road, punch them in the mouth right away, not literally, rhetorically, and let's go to work. And the other thing, the other thing we gotta talk about is the way Jalen Deloach is being officiated, because if I'm Mike Rhodes. I got to say something about it. I got to say something about it after this game, and he may not do it, or I got to say something about it in the weekly conference because I am sick and tired of seeing Jalen Deloach get back down. And again, not a lot of guys are going to be able to physically do that to him like Menenga. Menenga's a moving brick outhouse, for God's sake. Although, you know, refs, he isn't exactly he isn't exactly a flying Walenda down low. Could you give me one three second call? Just one, just one three second call. That would be nice. And I don't know why I'm not getting any comments. 
because I restarted my phone. Doggone it. I'm sorry, people. I see that y'all are watching, but I'm not getting comments. So I don't know what's going on here. Anyway, you know, let's 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 get a little fair officiating for Jalen Deloach because this is two games in a row that I've seen him put himself and get put in foul trouble. And some of them were legitimate calls. Like he gave he he got an over he got an over the back call in the, in the first half that really was bad. Uh, you know, there was just you know that I mean that was there was no reason for him to go over the back like that. Absolutely none whatsoever. But seriously, Menenga's initiating the contact, backing him down, and he's standing straight up and down like this. That's not a foul that's play on. Honest to goodness. And and these referees, because this is the same thing happened at Duquesne the other night. They made they made ridiculous uh they made ridiculous uh fouls. You know, foul calls against him too, and 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 then Paul Seward, you bring up the technical foul, the technical that he got that was the fourth foul in that game against Duquesne came right after a call where he is literally standing straight up, he's not leaning. The Duquesne player is initiating the contact and calls a foul, and he gets mad and pops off to the ref, which he shouldn't do. So, Mike Rhodes got to say something about this because Jalen Deloach is one of your best players. And you don't want to have – we've had two games in a row now where he's been in foul trouble and he's not had the impact he normally has. And we won this one, thank goodness, but we ain't going to shoot 15 – make 15 threes every game. And we can't have a game where he's got four points and three rebounds. Just like we couldn't have a game the other night when he had four points and like five rebounds. He only played 11 minutes the other night. He only played 14 tonight. You know, that's not a recipe for success for us. So it's time to, for, for Mike Rhodes to get a little mean about something and say to these refs, officiate, I know you don't, I mean, whatever they've got with him, whatever the issue is with the text and all that is one thing, officiate him fairly. If the other guy's initiating the contact and Deloach is not, don't be calling a foul on Deloach for that. If he's standing straight up not leaning, don't call a foul on that. That's BS. So, you know, Jalen Deloach is one of our better players and has been one of the play- better players in the league, and they should start officiating him like, like it, or at least officiate him fairly. Because I, I just I'm I'm having a real problem because there are gonna be some games coming up, especially Dayton, where we are gonna need him to be out there, you know, 25 to 35 minutes, and we can't have this. We can't have this. Although I have to say Lawal had a had a nice contribution off the bench today. I like uh, – he, he did some good things out there today. Uh, and he was one of the only ones that could give Menengo a problem because he had such long arms that he could kind of reach through without fouling and knock the ball away. I saw him do it at least once. That was a nice play. So – but it, this is where – to me, this is where the coach has got to stomp his feet a little bit and, and make a point of it. And maybe even on the conference call, the weekly conference call where they talk to all the coaches and the press are in. Make the point there. Give a don't don't officiate our guy fairly. Don't be just don't be just don't be just calling ticky tack fouls on him, especially when the other guy is two hundred and sixty pounds and he's bumping into him, and it's like players are bouncing off Menenga for God's sakes. So uh, you know, let's let's understand this. It's not like freaking uh, Deloach is pork chopping him in the kidneys or. 
or you know sticking his arm bar in the back of his in, in the low small of his back or anything like that. He's just trying to play defense. He's getting foul calls. That really got my goat today. And and here's the thing: my biggest worry is is I don't want Deloach to lose his confidence and get frustrated because he is a really good player. He's been a really good player for us. This is two games in a row where he's barely got a chance to play. And I'm worried about him kind of losing the rhythm too because of the fact that, you know, he's been used to playing a lot of minutes and playing well, and now this is two games in a row where it hasn't happened. So, all right, it is – let's see here. It's Tuesday night uh, on on CBS Sports Network in Chicago, and weird that that's the 7 o'clock game because I would have thought in Chicago it might be 8 o'clock. So I will race home from work as quick as I can get so that hopefully I can be with you live and watching this and all that kind of good stuff. That's the plan, to be live here in the good and the bad and the ugly. And, of course, for those of you out in podcast land, you're part of the good and the bad and the ugly. You can be part of the game threads, which are always fun, especially when VCU's cooking like they were today. Uh, Plus, you know, we constantly keep an eye on the uh, rest of the league and how they're doing, on how VCU's non-conference opponents are doing, you know, VCU by the numbers, all kinds of other things as well. So I want to thank everybody for watching. I'm sorry I did not get your comments today. I don't know what happened because I restarted my phone uh, beforehand, uh, beforehand like I usually do. And for some reason, uh, this phone just would not give me uh, your comments on Facebook. So I do apologize for that because I really enjoy, um, I really enjoy, I really enjoy that. It adds to the podcast when I can get your comments. So thank you all for listening out there whether it's in the good, the bad, and the ugly group and you're watching on video or whether you're listening out in podcasts, and I thank you. See you hopefully Tuesday night, Wednesday in podcast land, where hopefully VCU finally wins a true road game for the first time this year. Thanks very much. Have a good day, everybody. To submit a question for George to answer in an upcoming episode or to inquire about sponsorship opportunities for this podcast, please email ramsrewind at gmail.com. We'll be back after the next game, and thanks for listening to this episode of Rams Rewind.